That jarring mix of themes old and more recent tells you that you're listening to the Power of Three podcast where three lifelong grumpy middle-aged Doctor Who fans discuss, enthuse and occasionally criticise the televised, novelised and audio adventures of our favourite time-travelling hero. Hello everyone, welcome back. Thank you for joining us. This is not the um, the Earth 2 podcast, as I'm going to have it saying. This is, this is the Power of Three, a Doctor Who podcast with three lifelong Slightly grumpy, occasionally middle-aged men talk about Doctor Who and things related to Doctor Who. Now, it's, um, as is sometimes the custom, this is not the full compliment today. There's only two of us. Um, so there's me, David Steele, and I'm joined today by... Hello, everybody. This is Tom. Yes. Awesome. This is fun. We haven't, we haven't done one with just the two of us before, so this is, this is no, amusing. I'm always being excluded. I'm always the bullied kids. Uh, <laughs> the, other, the other two big boys leave behind and go and do their own thing. So now we are doing that to Kenny. Yeah, Kenny. Um, Kenny is pr- is otherwise engaged today. He has a prior engagement. So um, we're doing a, we're just a, a little a little short sort of spontaneous little chat. Um, so the new the new um the new Doctor Who Target paperbacks went on sale this week. Um, seven titles altogether. James Goss, his revised version of the Pirate Planet, the paperback editions of Resurrection and Revelation of the Daleks by Eric Sayward, Gary Russell's um, revised version of his novelization of the TV movie, um, Rob Shearman's Dalek, The Crimson Horror by that Mark Gatiss, and finally The Witchfinders by Joy Wilkinson. So um, did you buy any of them, Tom? I bought the full set. I bought Dalek. Right. Uh, by Rob Sherman. That's the only one I bought. I may buy the others. I would buy the Witch Finders, but I might buy the others. Um, the only other one I've read in this new series of Target novels is Stephen Moffat's uh, Day of the Doctor, which I loved. I think we mentioned this before. Yes. Yes. Um, so I started reading. I got Dalek in yesterday, and I and, and I've nearly finished it. It's a very short book. You know, it's only 170 right. pages, quite large type, uh, as it should be, because it's it's basically aimed at a younger adult audience it's not really aimed at 57 year old men or Davy at 48 year old men yes <laughs> what's our let's what say what's our combined age now then please don't so, so <laughs> just over 100 i think <laughs> amazing it's a That's long a time story. it's a long time since i've been the target audience for this sort of thing <laughs> but I'm, I'm enjoying it i mean it's got yeah it's doing what a lot of these new books i guess do and, and certainly Stephen's uh, Day of the Doctor did, which is it goes into a lot more background to the characters, which the old series of Target books didn't do and probably didn't have the space to do because they were often novelizing four or six episodes. Now mm. they're you know, we're novelizing a, a 42 minute or 45 minute adventure, so there's an awful lot more scope to bring in a lot more background, and I guess that's the USP for this series of books, yeah. Yeah, very much so. I mean, it's um, it's a real opportunity to to really beef the stories out. I mean, um, I think that the last wave three years ago, when Russell expanded on Rose and Mister Moffat, that you know, expanded to the Day of the Doctor to even sort of greater sort of sort of heights, and we got on TV and Paul Cornell did a, a nice polish on Twice Upon a Time. Yeah, they were all they were all really good. And it's, you're right. I mean, there's a lot more a lot more room to. Open. I think Dalek is going to be the first one that I read as well. 
even though I've been waiting, you know, 30 odd years to read Resurrection of the Daleks and Revelation of the Daleks, I mean, I have to say it's very exciting finally having, you know, a target novelization of the pirate planet. You know, so that's after, mm. you know, 40 years after the transmission of Legopolis, there's now a full set of target Tom Baker Doctor novelizations. Um, I'll read the Crimson Horror, I'll read the Witch Finals, I'm sure, eventually. Um, but Dalek's going to be the first one, I think, because it was such a big deal on television, that one. I read a few interviews with the authors of the new books and, you know, um, what they've done with them and, and their thoughts about doing them. So it'll be really good to sort of see. You had quite an interesting exchange with, with Rob Shearman about one element of Dalek, didn't you? I did. I went on Facebook and I, I tagged him in the post because I noticed to my joy that the new book, Dalek, had included uh, a little uh, mention uh, on the inside of the changing face of Doctor Who. And this was a great excitement when back in the 70s, when I first started collecting these books, and they were the only way we could, you know, experience classic Doctor Who's because the BBC mm. repeated them. And, you know, the change of face of Doctor Who were always keen to see what it said about whichever Doctor it was about. Now, I don't, I can't actually remember what it said about, I think it just said, with William Hartnell, I think it just said, you know, the cover illustration yeah. represents the first Doctor. Yeah. Uh, in fact, hold on a wee second, let's just double check that. Yes, let's have a look. Why not? There'll be somebody somewhere which would, who'd, probably, who'd probably know off the top of their head which was the last target people back to feature them originally. Right, here we go. Yeah. And I was totally wrong, but I'll explain in a minute why yes. I was totally wrong. In the Tenth Planet, it says, the cover illustration of this book portrays the first Doctor Who, whose physical appearance was later transformed when he discarded his worn-out body in favour of a new one. Um, the second Doctor one also says, you know, this represents mm -hmm. the second Doctor, whose appearance was later changed by the Time Lords. It's only John Pertley's Doctor but actually doesn't make any reference to how it changes in the future. Mm. It just says this represents the third Doctor whose appearance was changed with the Time Lords when he was exiled to Earth in the 20th century. I prefer that one because I think when you're reading about a Doctor, you're not that interested in what he's going to change. You want to know how he got to the current state. Yeah. But anyway, I, I went on to Facebook and I said to Rob, I love that Rob Sherman's new Dalek novel continues the target tradition of explaining which Doctor the book's about, but shouldn't it have described how he became the ninth Doctor, not how he became the next one? And Rob says, yes, it should really. And then a friend of mine, John Ruddy, came on and says, I'm not sure we didn't some of the target books in the early 70s about the second Doctor explain how his appearance changed when he was exiled to Earth. Um, and I checked, and of course he was absolutely spot on. That's exactly what he did with the, with the second Doctor. But then Rob came onto the thread. This is what middle-aged Doctor Who fans spend their weekends doing. Rob came on and said, I'll give it a correction. The cover illustration of this book portrays the ninth Doctor Who, though it later turns out he's really the tenth, and later on still it turns out he may be the 5047th. Frankly, it all got confusing. Anyway, his appearance changed when he was standing up in the TARDIS and felt a bit tired. That's that's what they should be putting in all Ninth Doctor uh, novels. Yes. For this the um, I mean, the other ones that are out, the Pirate Planet, um, I'll quickly just sort of say, this one says, The Changing Face of Doctor Who, the cover of this book portrays the fourth Doctor Who, whose physical appearance later transformed when he found himself falling from a great height without holographic generators. That's always a reference to the plot, Pirate Planet. I'm going to read out the one. Um, it's, become a bit, it's becoming a bit of a running gag mentioning this story. Um, 
This is what it says at the, the front piece of Revelation of the Daleks, the changing face of Doctor Who. The cover illustration of this book portrays the sixth Doctor Who, whose appearance later changed in the aftermath of an attack on his TARDIS by the evil Rani. <laughs> yeah, um, there's no need for that. Yeah, well, there's every need for that. They've got to cater for everyone, haven't they? Um, the one in the TV movie is very funny in the light of sort of later events because obviously, you know, um, such a long time between the TV movie appearing on TV and then Paul McGann coming back from Night of the Doctor. And what we have is the changing face of Doctor Who. The cover illustration of this book portrays the eighth Doctor Who, whose physical appearance later changed after an unfortunate incident aboard a spaceship during the last Great Time War led him to the planet Karn, where, after an equally unfortunate encounter with a sisterhood of Karn and an ornate goblet, he regenerated into a vengeful and embittered incarnation that his future selves, his future shelves, chose to erase from history for a while at least. Terrific. I mean, that's, oh, a, that, that's a whole chapter. Yes. There used to just be one line at the beginning of this. Yeah. yeah. And it's, you make the point, though, it's, it's a bit daft sort of telling, you know, saying this cover shows a guy and this is what happened to this guy, rather than you should, if you're reading a story about this person, you don't want to know how they ended up leaving. Yeah. You know, you want it should be the current one and, and sort yeah. of treat it. Um, so yeah, full set, full set of classic series target paperbacks. I never thought it would happen. There are, there are, I can't tell you there've been, there will have been probably a total of months over the last twenty odd years when I've sort of idly in, in moments sort of thought, oh, wouldn't it be nice if we had a full set of target novelizations? I know that Gareth Roberts at one point was, was um, I think it was in the nineties, was originally pegged to do um, a version of Revelation. Um, right. But that, that kind of fell through, you know, I spoke to him before about it and he kind of tied some, I think he tied a few characters together and, you know, linked you up to kind of explain why certain characters were doing the same sort of certain things. Um, I've seen a few reviews of the, the Davison and Baker sort of Dalek story novels um, when the hardbacks came out last year and they were quite, none of them were too positive, but um, we'll see how we get on. We'll see how we get on. I think everybody, every young Doctor Who fan, maybe just fans of a certain era uh, when Target books were the thing, you know, everyone wanted to have their name attached to one, didn't they? And I always wanted, that was my first, you know, uh, writing ambition was to get my name on a Target book. Uh, that would have been just amazing. And so when Rob talks about finally he's got his name on a Target book, I totally get where he's coming from. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's one thing to to write a TV episode, but to write a target novelization of a TV episode. Yeah. So okay, let's let's have some fun then, right? While we're here on that subject, if you had to pick an episode of the modern TV series to write a novelization of, which one would you choose? That is a good one. Not not put not that I'm putting us both on the spot right here or anything. I think I'd like to write a novelization of the the last two episodes of the first season. Right. You know the 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 Dalek. Mm. Uh, Dalek's return. Yeah, that's that's one I'd really like to read. Yeah. But, but, uh, apart from that, anything else, because it's two episodes, I think it would fit easier into the, the novel, you know, mm. novel size. Yeah. Um, you know, it wouldn't be quite as challenging as trying to get a forty-five minute episode into into one uh -huh. one volume. Uh -huh. But yeah, I think that, yeah. you know that lends itself to some really quite interesting dramatics that you could you could describe on the page. Yeah, I mean, you could do a lot of stuff. You could do the you could do the backgrounds of the the Big Brother contestants, the um, 
the backgrounds of the Weakest Link contestants print a bit more about the lives of the, the people working on the space station? You can, sort of, you, you can yeah. explain why a television series that was cancelled billions of years earlier, or thousands of years earlier, was somehow making a comeback. You yeah. Can, you, you invent something funny about that. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing. I mean, it's... um. The genius thing at the time that that made them really contemporary, but now maybe I suppose dates them slightly. Because although apparently, um, I hear that Anne Robinson is apparently taken over as the host of Countdown, so oh, I don't right? know. Yeah, maybe that'll be a thing. My pick, rather obviously, I would pick. I'd pick my favourite episode of Modern You Who. I'd pick the next Doctor and expand on Jackson Lake's life before he got to London, and yeah, yeah, that'd be maybe good. expand a little bit more in the lives of some of the. The, the clergy who gets up the Cybermen and do a little bit more with the um the various sort of flashback sequences. Um, yeah, I think that there's, there's a lot of potential there. I really do hope that we get some more of them. I mean, when the last ones came out three years ago, I went down to London for the signing session at Forbidden Planet, um, met up with my friend Richard and my friend David, and we were in the queue. We were quite clever, actually. We got there quite quickly. Um, so the signing was originally supposed to run from 6 p.m. till 7 p.m. But there were hundreds and hundreds of people, and from what I heard, it went on till nearer ten o'clock. And because um, Russell T Davis and Paul Cornell and Stephen Moffat and James Goss and I think it was Jenny Coggan, um, all you know, made sure that the everyone who was there, you know, got a book signed. And that was it was a glorious day. It was so exciting. It was the first time I met Russell T Davis. It was the first time I'd been in the same room as Stephen Moffat since we'd both probably walked down the same corridor at Glenford High School at the same time. Um, but the first thing, and everyone was asking each of the authors as we got there, you got to front, got our copies of, you know, um, Twice Upon a Time or, or Rose Signed or whatever, was, um, are you going to do any more? So it's really nice that they've done a few more. That's another three. Yeah. So, it, but I think if they go, if they keep going at this rate, you know, three books every two years, you know, it's going to take quite a long time <laughs> to catch up. So maybe they'll do some more. I hope so. Well, they would never catch up if they're only doing three books every two years. Yeah, but they find it so hard to make to make new episodes these days. They'll, you know, they'll, they'll probably overtake them at this rate. Anyway, so do you have all of the target books now? Then, yes. Right. Yeah. I, 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 there was one brief moment back in the late seventies where I had every single target book, mm. and then I stopped buying them, and and then I went through a phase just a few years ago of rebuying them all over again on eBay. Yeah. Um, and I was intended to, to buy them all, but then I've got so many books to read. I don't like the idea of buying books unless I'm confident I'm actually going to read them. Yeah, I just think they're a waste of waste of shelf space. So yeah, I stopped buying them. In fact, I even think I've got rid of a few of them that I just knew I was never going to read. I think did I not give you a copy of Mythmakers at one point? I think yeah, I brought it for a, as a photo for a photo walk. No, it's interesting. I mean, I I decided um. Actually, I've only had a, you know, up until we started publishing new ones, um, it was about, it must have been about 10 years ago, maybe a little bit, maybe slightly longer. My friend Steve Higgins, um, very kindly, because I sort of, birthdays at Christmas, I was kind of getting him some of the, the books he didn't have, and he very kindly got me the, the one, the last few that I needed. So, I mean, I didn't have um, The Rescue or Evil of the Daleks. I think Hand of Fear, there might be another one. Um, Steve very kindly sorted me out with those and then about four or five years ago I decided um, as a single man with nothing else to do with my time and my money just to try and collect all the different covers for all of them Yeah. Uh, and I think it was four years ago three, four years ago this week, something like that I got the, the Blue Spine reprint of The Savages and that was the last one I needed for a full set of That's what I was going to say about these new Target books 
I was looking at Dalek last night and it's exactly the same cover, same spine as Day of the Doctor. All spines are white. Mm. I loved it when you had multicolored spines on the target target novels. You know, the dark green from the Sea Devils, uh, the purple on the Doomsday Weapon. Yeah, space. yeah. You know, I loved yeah. all that. Orange for Day of the Daleks. That was great. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, that kind of stopped in the 70s for a while, but I remember um, when I was sort of collecting in the 80s when when Peter Davison and Colin Baker were the Doctor, you, know, you got a few more reds and blacks and purples and blues and all that sort of stuff. It's quite nice to sort of look at the look at the, the spread of colours on the shelves. I'm sure there's probably some people somewhere that have the books coordinated by colour. I haven't done that yet. Maybe one night if I'm really bored. I don't I think know. From, from a design point of view, though, the new books do look great. Oh, they're gorgeous. Yeah. The covers are amazing. I mean, um, that was one thing. Like at the the book signing three years ago, um. Anthony Dry, the, the the guy who's produced the covers for these new ones in the, the Chris Achilleos style, he was yeah. there too. Um, and they had a little print of the, you know, a collage of all the covers that, that he'd done for the, the books a few years ago. And he was signing copies of them too, which was really, really nice. And I've, I've se- I'd seen a few people actually sort of moaning about how um, some of the covers were using photographs from the wrong story, like the fo- you know, as if that mattered. Because, um, you know, you can look at the the Resurrection of the Daleks cover um, for this new one. I think it's a photograph of Davison from Enlightenment. Um, for goodness and, sake, who cares about that? Well, no, well, the thing. Some people were throwing... I'd seen a few folk online throwing the dummy out the pram about that. So I did a big, <laughs> long... I did a big, long Twitter thread at the start of January, which sort of said, right, here's the um, the cover of The Invisible Enemy, which uses a photograph of Tom from The Seeds of Doom. Here's the cover of the reprint of The Invasion, which uses a picture of Troughton from Power of the Daleks, the... The reprint of the three doctors uses photographs from an unearthly child in the world invasion of the dinosaurs. So that, that kept me busy for an evening. <laughs> I think it adds to it. I mean, if the you, you're going to want to go for the best picture of the doctor or the best yeah, picture that you want to use. Well, this is that's probably us, I think, um, for, for today. A little impromptu one because Kenny couldn't join us because he was washing his hair. Um, have you bought any of the new Target Books listeners? Let us know. If you let us know what you think, if you've read any of them, let us know what your favorite cover is. Let us know um, which TV new modern Doctor Who episodes you'd like to see novelised. Let us know, and, and um, when maybe when we've read a few more of the new books, and if we talk about them, we'll maybe let the, the rest of our listeners know what you had to say. Well, um, as usual, you can find us on Facebook with Power of Three. You can find us on Twitter at Power of Three Pod. You can check out our website, Power of Three Pod dot com. Is that right? That is correct. Thank you. <laughs> Um, and also, um, we're going to plug our other podcasts. Check out Tom's autobiographical podcast, The Imposter, and check out me and Peter's work on the Off Two podcast if you're so inclined. Thanks very much for joining us. Thanks for joining me this afternoon, Tom. My great pleasure, Davy. Awesome. Take care, everyone, and we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.